hands off parenting. It's just hands off parenting. Put that down, don't touch that, stop it. Where's the line? Okay. Hello. Hello. I'm already yelling at my kids. We haven't even like, started rolling. This is Abby. I'm Steph. And this is Hands Off Parents. Welcome. It's good to have you with us. Um, we might sound really awesome or we might sound like shit. It could go either way. <laughs> We're using really fancy recording equipment. I wish you could see but with a picture that I'll forget to take later. Yeah. Maybe you should just take it right now. I will. Live. Take just it. live take Let's it. Let's do it live. We're doing it live. Um, we're going to take a picture right now. Oh, thank you. But anyway, we have this like fancy recording equipment that we don't really know how to use. So that's kind of the problem. Yeah. I think it has the potential of sounding really good. It could. We might be sounding awesome. Thank you. Uh, I just paused. Should have periscoped it. Um, what is that? I don't even know what that is. It's like a live video. Like, we could Facebook live uh, now. Let's all kill ourselves. <laughs> okay, bye. Good so. Day. It's our 20th episode. That's awesome. And I, it's nice that we have this, like, fancy equipment to celebrate. And yes. also very 20 of us, like, yes. hey, we feel like we're grown-ups. And then we're going to play back and realize that we're still kids. Yes, because we don't know how to connect things. <laughs> yes. But for the meantime, we... Yay! Um, so... What are we talking about today? Today we wanted to talk about being miserable. <laughs> because that's a really uplifting topic. One that we know well. <laughs> and that we never talk about ever on this show. <laughs> never talk about how miserable we are. Uh, so an article was put out this past week um, of a new research study. Oh, two yellows. Yes. Um, our kids are back. Our kids are back, too. Uh, <laughs> um, that was... Did an international study on parenting and how happy parents were after the fact, after having children. And what they found was, for the most part, American parents are much more miserable than every other country in the world. Shocking. Yes. <laughs> Very shocking. Um, what's the data on? Like, what's so? I, I it seems like the it, rubric. <laughs> so it doesn't look like the actual art, like the actual study was released yet. But I found a write up about it in the Chicago Tribune, which I'll post on our page. But I, I saw it in a couple different places. But basically, the brief of this is that they looked at all sorts of factors. Researchers did. Levels of unplanned parenthood, average family size, cost of raising children, and they found that workplace policies are the single biggest influence on happiness levels. Yeah. So I think that is not surprising to any parents listening right now yeah. um, who are in America. To our parents in Japan, my friend Sarah, who doesn't live in Japan anymore. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> she uh, might disagree, but... Uh, so what, like, what do you think about that? Because I was thinking about you as someone who left their workplace. I did. Because of, not necessarily the policies themselves, but the idea that you were going to have more freedom to be yeah. a parent. It helped. I mean, I left for a variety of reasons, but one of them certainly was that I always felt guilty and torn between my job and my kid. Like, when I had to walk out the door at 4 o'clock 
to pick up my kid at school and all my other colleagues were still there who didn't have children, I felt so bad. Yeah. But then if I was, like, late to pick her up and I picked her up at five, mm-hmm. I felt bad for her. I right. mean, it was just, like, guilt in every way. Yeah. Also, also, just, like, maternity. Like, this is huge. I mean... I had her in a window where I was able to be off for three months unpaid. Yeah. So we had no income for three months. So it was like over the, not over the summer. It was, it was like over the summer. Take, oh yeah, I right. her birthday yeah. by the way. I took three months off and then I went back for a month and then I had the summer off. So right. it was actually like good for me. Like I ended up having sort of like six months, but when I came back and I was like literally pumping like in a broom closet. Yeah. You know, because there just, like, wasn't anywhere to pump, and I don't know. I just, it just, I was so distracted by all of that that I, that I felt like I was giving 50% to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And what I sort of, like, my assumption was that I would quit my job, start my own job, start my own business, and everything would be okay. Amazing. And what I found is that that was truly uh, not the case. Made up in your brain. I still feel equally guilty and stressed out. But it feels better because I'm the cause of it now. Yeah. Nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's telling me. Like, if I had another baby at some point, I can take off however damn long I want to. And nobody's going to, like, breathe down my neck about it and make me feel bad. In theory, right? But in maybe another theory is like you can't take off because you do own this company and like the bad side of it is that it's all me. It's all you. The good side of it is the same. Totally. Yeah. It's almost like parenting. <laughs> yes. It's like the job, the business is mine now. Yeah. And the highs it's are highs. Baby. It's my baby. But it's hard work. It's yeah. really hard work, and I'm very invested in it, and I'm glad that I did it, but but it's uh, it's just not how I imagined it would be, which, I mean, nothing is how you imagine no, it would be. but it might, I mean, there is a lot of potential for it to get easier. I, I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike parenting. Yes. So, thinking about this study and, like, your new, uh adventure in life do you think well these are two questions so one question are you miserable as a parent I was thinking about this as I was preparing to have this conversation and secondly do you think you if you are miserable you will be less miserable with more time or more energy or more anything like is there anything that would make you not miserable, not assuming that you are miserable, but kind of figuring that you are. Because I'm an American yes. parent. You're an American parent. So, um, naturally. Yes. I feel less miserable since quitting my job. Awesome. I think I feel um, a sense of, like, personal fulfillment and freedom that we talk a lot about on the show. Like, when you become a parent, your life gets so wrapped up in your kid's life. And, like, who are you anymore? What's your identity? Yes. And now that I'm, like, creating this thing that is mine and that's not, like, Elmo or, like, I feel like a human again. And I feel like, I feel guilty because I feel like I'm a little bit less present for her right now because I'm stressed and I'm being pulled in a bunch of directions. 
And she's feeling that. Like, she's been having a lot of nightmares lately. She's been waking up in the middle of the night. We changed to a toddler bed recently, so that's been a huge shift. That is huge. Um, she was she was having some separation issues, like going into school, which she never has. You know, like not wanting to to go into the building. Like, I want to go home. I want to go with you, mommy. I don't want to leave you. And you, you hear me or not? But like, do you think that's because that you've been working in a different capacity? I think it's also because of Mike. Yeah, so talk about that, because now life is in a different scenario. Yeah, so basically we, we, our parenting philosophy was like, that we were like really routinized, and Iris went to bed here, and I've talked about it a ton on this podcast. She goes to bed here, she does this, she does that, and we're very set in our ways, and it helps her. Yeah. We have completely thrown her off of her schedule. Mike's schedule has changed because he started a new job basically the same week that I started a new business. Because it's almost like you guys swapped roles and thinking about this this uh, article, like you took on his, like, I'm going to be the stay-at-home-ish kind of person, and he took on the, I'm going to go to work 9 to 5, but now he's going like 8 to so yeah, and I and I'm and I'm not the stay-at-home person. See, now I feel what Mike felt because he was like the guy who had to get stuck with doing all the home stuff. Right. But he had a job. Like so now I'm having my job, but like I'm also having to do the home stuff. So it's like I think one parent just probably naturally, like you're that parent. You yeah, you have a job and you also like do the home stuff. Just the other day, I start. I was crying, like because I cry all the time. Sure. And I was crying, and I said, "I, I never even had maternity leave. Like I'm still wanting a maternity leave, two and a half years later." So I think I understand this story about why parents are miserable, even when you have these opportunities, because like. Why, like, why cry me a river? Like, I work, like, four hours a day in a physical location. Right. But I think the American dream has sort of, like, moved to this, like, we work from home and it's great. And, like, right. I make my own schedule. And, like, P.S., your schedule is 7 in the morning to 11 p.m. at yeah, night or that, whatever the hell. That is the thing. That is exactly the thing. Because we're connected and we're all, we have our email, we have everything, I never stop working. Yeah. You don't go to your job and then come home and leave your job. You're constantly doing your job. I, like, I, I, I'm never not working. Yeah, and that's even more, fr- like, the 20 plus years ago when it was like, oh, I just went to work and I literally punched out and right. done. Right, right. That does not exist anymore. Yeah, like yet another way the internet has like totally ruined us. <laughs> the internet. Arr! That seems to be the new name of the podcast. <laughs> Down with the internet. Exclamation point. Okay, we are back to talk more about how our lives are miserable. Uh, we have a special guest today, and Abby was supposed to be here, but she has a fever and a cold because her kids are selfish, and they slobbered on her and made her sick. So she can't be here, but we left off um, on the, our last segment talking about how the internet has ruined everything again. Um, and we were sort of getting into how times have changed, and are we really more miserable now, or... 
is it, is it a modern thing? Is it an American thing? Were they miserable 30 years ago? Were they miserable 60 years ago? What What is it? Um, and to talk about that, I have brought in a very special guest. Will you please introduce yourself, special guest? Hi, I am Maureen Whittles. My mom's here. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot to you today, mom, about your parenting style and how you think it's all turned out. Um, but first... I just am curious if you think the internet has destroyed us. You've lived pre-internet. Yes. So what's your take on this? Well, I mean, there was certainly so much more um, social interaction. It, there's no question about the fact that we could sit at a dinner table or go out to a meal and literally look into each other's eyes and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. That is completely changed. Yeah. And it's horrible. You think people are just more checked out? It's it's terrible. I mean, it's it's the worst. It's this generation's losing is losing a lot of social skills because of it. There is no doubt in my mind. How do you think uh it's affecting our parenting? Um I think that y'all I mean, I think you're very tuned in parents, but on the other hand, you are half there most of the time. Yeah. Because you're you're not 100% looking and listening and talking to your child. You're thinking about what's on your iPhone. Right. Or your computer. And this is not good. Yeah, I mean, like, I always have my phone in my hand. It's terrible. You noticed. Oh, yes. Mm, we've never talked about this. That is so now, totally So now you're changed. judging me. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Thanks for t- t- coming on my podcast and fucking calling me. And I'm really kidding. I'm it. guilty of it myself. Yeah, yeah you things, really are. Things have totally... You're always on your phone. Changed, yeah. You're like a Facebook freak. <laughs> <laughs> you were loving that Facebook, lady. <laughs> Look out. She's on the Facebook. Um, I love the Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I feel really, I actually, I do. I feel really guilty about that. It's something that like, and I tell myself, I'm like, stop, put down your phone. But it's like, I can't do it. And what do you think you're saying to your child? That you're not important. Absolutely. Yeah. But then like on the other hand, like, I don't know, like we, do, we talk about this on this podcast. It's called Hands Off Parents. That like, why does your kid need to think that she's the most important thing in the entire world 24 hours a day? Like, doesn't that fuck them up in another way? They don't need to feel that way. But I really do feel like also that you're passing down that sort of behavior, but they're going to get it anyway, unfortunately. You know, they, they, all of their friends are going to be doing it, it and they're not going to be tuned in, and it's not going to be all your fault. But you are certainly adding to the problem we're adding to the ruining of our child I mean obviously we're gonna ruin her that's like, <laughs> like no you're not yeah we are no sure I don't think so so this is just one more way um well okay so thanks a lot for for saying all that to me mom I appreciate that um check I'm a shitty parent okay I knew it now it's been confirmed so this idea that American parents are the most miserable parents in the world. Mm-hmm. That's what the study says. Mm-hmm. I feel like when, you know, you always said that when your kids were little, that those were the happiest times in your life. They were. 
But then again, like when I ask you to like remember stuff, you don't. When does your memory kick back in? Like how old are we when you like start to like be clear and lucid? Um, about what I remember about y'all? Yeah. I probably remember more memories from your 20s than any other time because you were both sort of crazy. Right. So I remember all that stuff. But you don't remember just like us being little innocent, doe-eyed, bushy-tailed kids? As children going to elementary school, yes. That was... First of all, you were gone all day. It was a plus. Amazing. (laughs) Nothing better than getting rid of your kids all day. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And it was, you know, we had a mad rush too. I mean, after school, you were involved in so many activities. But those were really special, wonderful times. Mm Mm-hmm. The elementary school years, not the middle school or the high school. Right. But those elementary school years cherish them because they're very special so how do you think like the game has changed like how do you think that like parenting you know you see how we parent now and and you know you're you're like super involved you've always been super involved in our lives you still are super involved in our lives um I mean you live like five minutes away we're like really (laughs) up in each other's asses too much sorry Mike but like how has it changed From when you were parents. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, we were sort of talking about this. uh, My grandparents were immigrants to this country. From where? From Poland. Jews. Yes. Jews. And they worked so hard. My grandfather established a little general store, and my grandmother was there full time. Right. And they had three daughters, and my mother was the oldest, and she helped raise those girls. So they were kind of like neglected and ignored. That's the way it was done back then. Yeah. They had to they had to feed those children. They had to, you know, make their way in this country and they were brand new. Right. So they were like fend for yourselves. Exactly. With yeah. a language deficiency as well. Right. I mean, those were hard times. Mm-hmm. Then That's why your mom was like a hardcore bitch. <laughs> I mean that as a compliment. She was like the greatest. Yes, like, she was. No, I mean, no bullshit with her. She truly was. Um, and she was used to hard times. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were very poor when she was growing up. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she got married at 17. Jesus. Had my brother at 19. I, I, I don't even know the words you're saying. That and, makes me want to die. And was the most amazing mother in the world. And poured herself into homemaking the way I did, actually. So this is an interesting thing. You're saying homemaking was an option. It was an option. Yeah. So like there's an economic change. Yes. Because you can't, I, I, I cannot be a homemaker. That's not, that's not an option. We have to have two incomes. Exactly. And it's, it's, you know, thinking about it, those two generations, mine and my mom's, were the, the really good times of America. Because there was that option. And you always want your children to have a better life than you had. Yeah. This I mean, that's first, clearly not happening. This is the first time that this is is not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's, it's kind of sad thinking about well, it. Well, so there was like an economic motivation for your parents to both, for your grandparents to both be working. Then you're, then it was like sort of flush for a little bit. And it was like, honey, 
bees and honey. Yeah. Is that the phrase? Yeah. Bees so. and honey. Like, let's all just be homemakers and smoke cigarettes and drink martinis and, and hang out with bridge. the neighbors and play bridge all day and, you know, go play in the street, kids. Yes. We'll see you after the sunlight goes that down. That was my mom's time. Right. And so that was your model. You that saw was, that as a model. That was my model. And then you did that too. Like, you you raised us. You were like a homemaker. And I was lucky that I was, you know, had the opportunity to do that because it wasn't as expensive right. to raise children. Yeah. I didn't have to work. Right. And Dad and I decided that's what we were going to do. I was going to be like my mother was. Right. But see, so it's interesting that you mentioned Dad because Dad was like the breadwinner and he like wasn't around. Exactly. And neither was your dad. Never. Your dad was the breadwinner and he wasn't around. That's exactly right. That has changed a hundredfold. Right. This, your generation of parents, you are 50-50. Yeah. Period. Right. There is no gray area there. Yeah. And if there is, it's it's weird because that, most of your friends that I've met are in the same situation. Right. The dads are completely involved. Completely involved. That is the most wonderful thing in the world. Yeah. But that means also that like if it's 50-50, both parents are involved in homemaking and caretaking and working yeah. and income generating. It's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. And yeah, so I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like so much guilt all the time, probably because like you're my mom and you're crazy but also because what does that mean you're just like neurotic and crazy and you worry all the time and like it that is that is genetic but like um I feel like I saw you being there all the time and that's normal to me so like you whatever you were raised with is normal to you so it's normal to me that like mom is available all the time right that that I that you know, the kids are your top priority. Yes. And it's just not that way for me. Like I, I have a career and I, and so then I feel guilty, like, oh, I'm not doing this right because I'm not home yes. with my kid all day long. Yes. And because when I'm with her, I am checked out sometimes and thinking about my job and my business and whatever. It's like, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, do you think that like, Iris is going to grow up and she's going to be like, I'm proud of my mom. She did some cool stuff. Or do you think she's going to be like, you totally abandoned and fucked me up. Like, what? Well, how do you think it's going to go? I think she's going to be very proud of her mom. Mm-hmm. I really do. And her dad. Yeah. Because, you know, I see it. I see all that love that y'all give that child when you have time. Yeah. <laughs> but I honestly feel, and, and I'm going to say this right now, I was a stay-at-home mom. I did the best I could. I was so involved. 100%. And I had a child that died from a heroin overdose. Right. So there's that. So it's like, yeah. I mean, if, if, if your situation didn't go perfectly, then like no one's can. Absolutely. There's no question about it. This generation that you're living in is going to be fine. Right. You're going to give that child all your love as if you were home all the time. It doesn't matter. And that's the way of the times. And as Iris grows up, she's going to see that as well. You know, all of my friends' parents stayed home. Right. So she's going to have friends whose parents don't do that. Yeah, like it'll be, it, it's like 
it's the norm for both of your parents to work. Yes. It's, it's the not norm. the norm for one to be able to stay home. Yes, exactly. I mean, if you can swing that, like, good for you. You d- you made some good decisions. Exactly. You know, but that's just not how it is for everybody. It is not. And and it's and it's the majority of people. I mean, there's still people who can do that, but it's it's so rare. Yeah. College is expensive. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, I the college I went to, the tuition now is seventy thousand dollars a year Think to go. About that, that's that's crazy. It's she's not going to college. How do you do that? She's not. <laughs> like you better you better figure out how to fix cars or do a trade because it's not happening. Or plumbing. We always say plumbing is great. Plumbers make Trades a lot of money. Great. They do. Yeah. I think we need to just like go retro. We need to like open stores, general stores, and yeah, go back to go that back to that time. So. Um, okay, I have a little theory mm-hmm. that like, okay, so baby boomers, you're a baby boomer. So like, you know, you were raised in this generation where like, you know, your parents and your friend's parents in that generation like went to war and they saw tough times and like your grandparents were immigrants and they were from tough times. Yes. And then your parents wanted you to have the most they wanted you to to have everything and so that's sort of what you bestowed on us that we need to have everything that we can chase our dreams that anything is possible that we deserve fulfillment and all this shit that like I did this frilly shit that was not a part of the parenting equation a long time ago and so I almost feel like people who are having kids at my age now who were raised with this idea that we can be anything and we can do anything are realizing that is not true. It's almost like we were lied to because you, you, it's so hard to have a kid and to have a job and to make enough money and to do that balancing act that it's like, I wonder if we were sort of like raised on this pedestal that is now totally crumbling down and we're like, wait, that's not how the world works. Exactly. You know, like exactly. It's almost like the immigrant parents raised the kids like a little tougher they did you know they did like you're gonna have to work hard you're not you're not you're not entitled to anything absolutely and I feel like it was sort of different in the 80s you know when we grew up it was like good economic times you can have anything you want yeah you were you you you're smart and perfect and every I think that's when everybody gets an award shit started and oh yes you know everyone has talent and everyone and those crazy extracurricular schedules yes you didn't do that as a kid no when did that start we came home and we went out on our bikes and we played right till so, dinner time so when I don't understand when that shift happened well I think it happened when we decided we could give you everything we could right was it just a thing times were great times were wonderful yeah and also I think parents are responsible now for like cultivating their kids minds exactly you know like there that there's this pressure that you have to make your kid brilliant yes and competitive or they're not going to get into this exactly. and they're not going to get into that right so it's like we need to put her in baby yoga yes. at six months old yes you know which is like it's just so fucked up and weird and crazy it's like nobody feels like they can just relax it's true and it's terrible and it's the worst competitive world and then everyone's now. in this hamster wheel it's crazy it's crazy out there. Yeah. And I do think children suffer from that. There's too much to do. There's too much pressure. I mean, the times... There is a lot of pressure. The times that we grew up, your dad and I, 
were like, those were really the golden times. There was not that kind of crime. Well, that that's kind of that's the other issue. That. I was going to say, like, we talk about this too. Like, wasn't it in the 80s when, like, you know, people started sneaking, like, razor blades into Halloween candy? Like, it, it yes. was like a game changer. Yes, and I'm wondering if, you know, if, if drugs had a lot to do with that. I, I just don't know. Well, the 80s were... You know, there was the D.A.R.E. programs yes. keep, to keep kids off drugs. Yes. I mean, I remember those vividly from my childhood. Yes. But people were doing drugs in the 60s and 70s, too. They were, but I don't think to the extent that they that they are or, or did in your time. I really don't think so. I mean, we I started smoking marijuana when I went to college. I mean, I started at 14. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how it changed. Mm-hmm. And we did do a lot of drugs in college. That's right. Damn straight, girl. You had a fun time, <laughs> didn't you? But yeah. you were like you were like doing hallucinogenics. A little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It was just like, oh, wow, the world is beautiful. It but wasn't it wasn't like, a dangerous time. Right. And that changed. When did that change? Well, yeah. I mean, now, I mean, Jesus Christ. Now you, you now you go into a movie theater and you get shot. Yeah, it's, or an elementary school. I it's, mean, it's terrible. It's really, really terrible. So, really, the takeaway from this conversation is that the world is doomed. The world is fucked. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> I mean it. It's just—it's so sad. Uh, but I mean, on the other hand, I do feel like you and Abby and your friends are doing the best you can. Your husbands are very involved. Your children feel very loved, and they're not going to be any different than most kids growing up with them. Mm-hmm. So they may grow up to feel, you know, to, to be more, more independent and yeah. a little tougher. Right. So maybe it is kind of going back to those times, please God, mm-hmm. because that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, well, and I, I was very impressed when the House Democrats literally sat down on the floor of the house to protest the lack of movement on the gun legislation front and you know you grew up in the 60s where people there was a civil rights movement and people stood up for what they believed in and it seems like I mean I wasn't around then and this might be like romanticizing things but it seems like politicians weren't these just like lame ducks that did nothing like it's, I just felt like, okay, I, I see for the first time in my, you know, history of being an aware citizen, which yes. I would say is after being 18 years old, mm-hmm. um, I see like politicians that are trying to make change and advocating for change. Yes. And that maybe... People are getting so fed up yes, with the complacency that maybe stuff is going to start happening. I certainly hope I don't know. so. I sure hope so. Because, you know, is there no hope? I mean, you have to have some hope that it's going to be a better country that we live in. Yeah. I mean, I think that... I think that Obama getting elected was, like, a huge turning point for America. Right. And, like, it just showed how split and divided the country is. It, it really is. And this is this is the thing. Like, you, we started this conversation with you saying that your parents' parents were immigrants. 
this is a country of immigrants. Sure. That is America. Of course. That was the whole premise upon which we were, we were founded. And now it's like all this rhetoric to keep everybody out of America. And it's like, we're a family of people who started from nothing. Sure. Of course. I just believe in that as a, as a tenet. I know. I know that. You know. And I'm wondering how you got, I mean, did I instill that in you? It's interesting to me. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you've always been a Democrat. You just, you've just been like closeted. I was married to your father. Uh, um, so I guess my last question for you is like, we talk a lot in this podcast about parenting styles. Mm-hmm. And we call our parenting style, you know, hands-off parenting. Yes. So how would you define your parenting style growing up? What would oh. you say your parenting style was? Well, I was just very involved and hands-on as <laughs> I could be. Right. And that's that's it. But I we also, like, be. didn't have a ton of, like, rules oh. and stuff. Oh, no. Like, no, 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 no discipline. No, 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 no. No discipline. There was no discipline in no, our house. No, there was not. No. If there was any, your father had to do it because I just couldn't. Right. And... Yeah, I, but I, I, I rate myself on a scale of one to 10 as a 10. And that's terrific. I rate you as a 10. Oh, mom. Seriously. Even though you started the conversation telling me that I am constantly on my cell phone. But I think that's a, a product of your time. Yeah. But be more aware of it. Yeah. And try your best not, you know, the, the limited time you do have with your daughter. Right. Try your best not to have the electronics. Right. When you're eating dinner. Mm-hmm. Don't even have it on the table. Right. I mean, she started this thing where she wants to, like, watch TV and eat dinner. Not good. Yeah. I mean, you have those are the rules that you can lay down. Mm-hmm. Because you can. Right. You are all home at dinner time. Mm-hmm. So make that happen. Yeah. That you don't have all that stuff around. Mm-hmm. Don't let her watch TV. I mean, I know it's easier said than done. You're tired. I mean, are you kidding me? You're you tired. let her watch TV? She She's crazy. Know. Oh, I know. I know. I know. But, you know, those are the times you can control. Yeah. Because you don't get to spend a lot of time with her. Right. Because she's at school all day. And, and you're working. Thank God. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, I don't I know it. how people do it. I really I, don't. I would, I mean, I, when I'm with her for like, she, we just had it a three day weekend. Yeah. And I was like, get on out the door. <laughs> like, go on to school go now. Go on to school. We, and she said, you come with me? No. No, I'm not coming with you. Although I do, I do need to point out at the end of this podcast that we are now officially co-sleeping. I just want to say that as the person who talked so much <laughs> shit about co-sleeping and how stupid it was and how awful it was, and we would never do that. Now that we have put this child's toddler bed in, she comes into our room every night at two in the morning. She is now a co-sleeper. The dog, the kid, <laughs> all of us in the bed. And I just keep saying like, you know what? When, when she's a teenager, she's going to hate me. <laughs> she's going to want nothing to do with me. It's just around the corner. <laughs> it is. Don't <laughs> blink. It's just around the corner. Yeah. And she will. I mean, the, the sleeping thing, 
you know, we never I know. told y'all what to do. But we didn't go to your, did we sleep in your bed with you? You never did that. I don't know what, I don't know where we took a wrong turn here. You never did that. I don't either. But those, all those things are, are going to change. You just, just go with the flow. Did I tell you that, um, like, every night, you know, Iris tucks me in before bed. She goes to cover me, and then Mike reads her books and stuff. So she, last night or the night before, she came to tuck me in, and she took my face in her hands, and she said, don't leave to go to work. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. <gasps> Terrible. I know. And then that's when I start, I start to feel like I'm a horrible person, but, like, what are you going to do? Nothing. What are you going to do? That's just the way it is. I mean, you are available to her now more than you were in your other job. Yeah. Which is what you were trying to do. Right. And this is this is going to be fine. Stephanie, everything passes very quickly. I mean, don't blink because she's going to be in middle school. Ugh. I know. I hate middle school. Those schoolers. are the worst of times. I know. I, I, I know. <laughs> I taught them and I went through them. Yeah. And I'm, I just think maybe we'll like dig a hole in the ground or like move to the Cayman Islands or something or a for those three years. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, mom, I rate you a 10 too. Thanks, sweetie. I think you're amazing. Thank you. And for all the horrible shit that has come your way, <laughs> you're still smiling and laughing. Thank you. And looking quite fabulous. Thank you, darling. Uh, all right, so thank you to my mom, Maureen, for joining us. And we will be back next week with Abby, if she's feeling better. Please validate us and like us on all social media. <laughs> all right, have a good week. We'll see you all next time. You can follow Hands Off Parents on Twitter, at Hands Off Parents, or you can always send us an email at handsoffparents at gmail.com. Or if you look on Facebook, if you're into that thing, you can find us there as well. Hands Off Parents is Steph and Abby. Mail can 